Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Rachel? Yeah? Oh, I was having a hard time with my new um, earbuds. Okay, I was going to say, I could hear you just fine. Well, I don't know how because we weren't connected. <laughs> I wasn't connected. <laughs> okay, so how are you? Good, how are you? All right, I feel like it's been forever. Well, we haven't recorded the podcast in like two weeks. And that's then why yeah. I haven't seen you in a week, so yeah. It feels oh like forever. God. It does feel like forever. Do you want to um, comment on anything about where you were this past weekend or do you care? Uh, sure. I mean, I could talk about where I was. It doesn't matter to me. We should probably say why we did not have a podcast last week. Okay. Uh, so we didn't have an episode last week because my birthday was last week. Yay! And <laughs> Best day ever. Happy birthday to me. Mm -hmm. And I just had a lot of stuff going on. Couldn't get my shit together. And then I went out of town over the weekend. So then I couldn't like record it a couple days late to still try to get it out at this, you know, close to release day. So whatever, we just skipped a week, but we're back. We're doing Yay. it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or trying to anyway. Oh yeah. Attempting. Yeah. Last weekend I went to Las Vegas Whoa. With some friends of mine. Yeah. And that, that was a lot of fun. So you and I had talked about getting cards for the podcast. Yeah. So I did take some cards with me to Vegas. Oh, great. <laughs> okay, good. You got to get our name out there. And I did leave some around in random spots. So okay, we'll great. see if anybody picked up the cards and if we have any listeners from that. Well, if we do, welcome. Yes. <laughs> welcome to the show. Strap in. Yeah, Vegas was fun. It was a quick trip and we drove, which, you know, the drive to and from Vegas can kind of be a pain, but traffic wow. wasn't too bad. That's and good. Uh, we watched two really good shows and mm -hmm. we did the pool uh, one day, so... It was nice. Well, I was very jealous. I'm sure you're going to give me details later, okay? Okay, sure. All right. But yeah, it, so, was, it was good. But I'm, you know, I'm exhausted. Yeah, and I'm sure your family was overjoyed. Probably they survived for two days without you or three. They did good. They were fine. Okay, good. As All far right. as I know, they were fine. I think they ate takeout every night, but I don't care. Yeah, I told your husband when he was over here the first day you left because something... Oh, I... I tried to change the water filter in my refrigerator and of course once I put it in I couldn't get ice or water. So I'm like look I'm afraid this thing's gonna leak all over my floor in the middle of the night because that's how things work for me. Is there any way you can come by? So he did come by and help me out. I don't know if he'd let you know that but he was great. I felt better because even he had a hard time doing it but he got it in there and everything worked great and i told them if they need anything i was right down the street that's true you're nearby <laughs> i am <laughs> i i think they did good but at the same time i don't really care as long as everyone's alive when i get home oh my when God. i do like a mom trip i have very low like i don't expect really things to happen it's not like i left mm. them a list of like you must do a b and c while i'm gone it's just kind of like you do what you're gonna do i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do and i'll see yeah. you when i see you yes all right <laughs> that's good i'm glad everybody everything worked out so what are we going to talk about today so today's book i'm very excited about because i do really like this author book is called for the hope of a crow mm -hmm. it is book number one in the series red dead mayhem and the author is t s joyce Yes. 
I was excited to talk to you about this book too. And I have far more notes than you do. I was shocked when I saw well, your notes. My notes are shameful for this episode, considering we I read this book like a few weeks ago because we were supposed to do this book last week. Oh, wait, were we supposed to do this book as two episodes? Yeah. Still? or Okay, that's fine. We could do two episodes if we want. Yeah, um, we'll just see how it goes. I mean... Uh, you know, with everything happening with me last week and then my trip to Vegas... I was not prepared to have notes ready. So my notes are much shorter than they usually are for an episode, which makes me a little upset with myself because I do like this author. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like excited that we were finally doing one of her books, but whatever. It is what it is. Well, I think I have enough notes for both of us, so I'll be blabbing away. Perfect. That works okay. perfectly well for me. So do you want to start? Because there is a little blurb in front of the chapter one. Oh, there is? Okay, then you better start because I don't know what the blurb is. Or maybe this was the synopsis that the, they had. Because it has been a while for me too. I've read so many books since then. But it says, Ramsey Hunt is the alpha for the entire clan of crow shifters. A broken mating bond had him going crazy so it's a broken mating bond has him losing his mind it says vena walks up to ramsey's motorcycle club looking for her mate for life she's been sent there by a matchmaker who told her ramsey was her man but he is a half-praised alpha of the biggest baddest clan of crows vena's in her car and she's sitting there deciding whether she should run away or actually go into the motorcycle club. And then we start in Ramsey's point of view, and he is hearing the sound of a gun cocking, and he thinks he's sleeping. So he instinctually reaches for the gun that he keeps by the side of his bed, but he realizes he doesn't have fingers, he has feathers, and he's not sleeping. His crow has taken him to the Two Crows Woods, and he's facing an alpha called Darby. He's the alpha of the Darby clan. The guy's name is Kirk. And he's pointing a gun at Ramsey's face. Was that still the blurb that you were reading? No, this that starts chapter one. Did I not okay, say yeah. chapter one? No, you did. But yeah, so I think the first part that you read is the blurb. Okay. And then, yeah, this is how chapter one starts. And I really liked how it started. I did too. I've not it read was this a really author cool... before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a really cool, like, grips you sort of beginning to the book. Right. And behind this, the alpha of the Darby clan, Kurt, is a woman that he calls Ten. She's standing there in her human form, and she's saying to the crow, you said you would leave me alone. And Kurt's glaring at him, and Ramsey thinks... He's going to get himself shot. Of course, Kurt lowers the gun, and, but shoots into the ground. And it ricochets and hits the crow in the hip. And that's when we learn that Kurt is a mountain lion shifter who is mated to this woman named Tenley. But his crow has selected her to be his mate. And so the crow's taking him to see this woman while he's sleeping and he's sleepwalking. This was an interesting premise to a mate situation because Tenley and Ramsey were mates, but Tenley left him and now she's with Kurt, but Ramsey is still connected to her or kind of connected to her. And mostly because the crows pick one mate and they mate for life. And because Tenley rejected him mm -hmm. or like chose someone else he's slowly going insane but yeah you're right the crow is still going to uh visit her in this book the uh, the animals are kind of separate from the human so when ramsey is in his crow form he loses excuse me a lot of his awareness yeah. whereas usually in shifter books i feel like even though they're in animal form Mm -hmm. They still have their consciousness, but in this book, they really don't, unless the crow allows him to have some, you know, awareness of what's happening. So yeah, you're right. It's like sleepwalking. 
Yeah, it's very different than any shifter book I've read before in the connection to their animal. He ends up flying back to the clubhouse and he sees someone who is his second. And his name is Ethan Blackwood. And Ethan is described as a crow with a monstrous bloodline. And he's really having the hardest time watching Ramsey spiral out of control. And Ramsey knows that soon Ethan's going to fight him for the rank of Alpha because Ramsey's slipping towards insanity. And if he takes, if he goes insane, because the crows in his clan are bonded to him, they're all going to go crazy. Yeah, that was kind of creepy. It says in the book, it will drive the entire murder of crows that are also bonded to him insane. So that's kind of a cool like way to think about pack dynamics. Right. And he has to admit to himself that he didn't treat Tan the way that he should have. He has a flashback about his father that had been a monster to his own mother and that his crow decided that Tenley was theirs, even though Tenley didn't share the same feelings. And that was different for me too. Tenley is described as, so they have shifters who are born shifters and then they have shifters who are turned into shifters. Tenley was actually an animal she was called an origin and she didn't change into a human until she was an adult uh ramsey saw her change from her animal form to her adult form and the crow decided to protect her and save her and so that's when the crow bonded to her so well see when i read that i read it that Tenley was always a human and she didn't shift into her animal until she was an adult. No, she's the opposite. Oh, so that's really odd. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> she was, she's a squirrel or something, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. So I'm she's like, like oh, a, okay. So Tenley's like a squirrel. And it says in the book that she was something called an origin and okay. she started changing into a human as an adult. I think because Tenley was never a human until she was like, you know, a grown up, uh -huh. then she's she's very different. And then also probably because she's a squirrel, they probably mate differently than crows do. For Ramsey, he is always been a shifter. He's always been human mm -hmm. and crow. They were just obviously not a good match to begin with because she's not even really like a human. She's this weird animal then human being. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, new information and different takes on these shifters and what they do that I thought mm -hmm. was interesting. But when when Ramsey gets back, he, he walks into this bar. They own a bar, the crows do. And he's approached by a crow chaser. That's what they call these girls. Her name is Sabrina and she's trying to seduce him. And he tells her, I'm not interested. I have a mate. And she says mean things about Tenley and he throws her out of his room. And I love this quote that he thinks to himself. It says, love ruined everything. Love had ruined him. Ruin something as simple as sex. And I thought, well, how very true is that? <laughs> <laughs> and then we switch to Vina's point of view, who is the woman that was sent there by the matchmaker. This is part of the reason why I don't like reading the blurb because I didn't read the blurb for this book before we, before I started reading the book. Okay. So when chapter two opened up with Vina showing up to the motorcycle club uh -huh. and she's there because she was sent by a matchmaker, I fucking laughed my ass off. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Ew. I was like, it, oh, God, this is a fucking recipe for disaster, Vina. <laughs> yes, it really was but it was great and so vina's there because she specifically asked for a crow shifter with her matchmaker her matchmaker's name is sarah this person was the first crow to apply for the shifter matchmaking program and mm -hmm. vina had been waiting for a crow to apply she literally had like no other requirements for the person that she got matched with she was just like it has to be a crow and i will accept no other animal which made right. me chuckle yeah but i'm um, like having read chapter one with ramsey being the way he is in chapter one and then it opening with vena in chapter two 
being matched with him through the matchmaker program. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way in fuck Ramsey actually applied for this himself. Like, <laughs> there's no oh. way. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll find out what happened the yeah. more we get along, which I thought I thought was interesting. So she basically wants a crow because they mate for life and are extremely loyal and that's what she wants. She wants somebody to pick her and always Mm -hmm. choose her and that was her that was her um requirement. And so she said Ramsey would be good enough because Croy's crows were loyal. She walks in to the motorcycle club and there's people having sex on the pool table. And I have to read mm-hmm. this quote because Vina was so funny. I thought her yeah, character she was, was hilarious. Yeah. So she walks into the motorcycle club and she sees these people having sex on the pool table. And she thinks no matter what, Ramsey wasn't going to be banging her against a pool table. <laughs> they would have sex, normal sex, missionary style with the lights dimmed. And she would possibly give him a BJ on his birthdays and major holidays. She'd written a list of rules <laughs> for this pairing. And that one was number three. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> this girl is in for a rude awakening. And mm-hmm. they describe her as being no classic beauty and clumsy and a terrible shifter. At least that's how she describes her herself and she has an inability to dress dress appropriately for any occasion so when she walks in this motorcycle club all these gigantic beefy tattooed bearded guys are staring at her and they tell her this ain't no public bar piss off and she thinks horrid horrid manners she should organize she should change and stomp him into oblivion and i thought well this is going to be interesting to find out what she is yes yeah because at this point we don't know what she is yet yeah she's supposed to be like super tall like like lanky like um her limbs are too big for her body and so that's why Mm -hmm. she's kind of like knocking into shit and clumsy i loved how she was described and then she walks in i think she's wearing like white converse or something and like jeans like she's got like a pink sparkly notebook like she does not fit with the motorcycle club old lady uh style (laughs) (laughs) yeah but she's perfect for this some guy from the bar ends up saying oh you came and when she sees him she thinks oh he he's giant looking he's a little rough around the edges but he's got black clean hair and spiked up like a hot boy and Mm -hmm. he says to her you look like a suburban housewife (laughs) what are you wearing on your feet and she goes they're converse they are cool She's wearing Converse and she's basically carrying a clipboard. Like she pretty much is a suburban housewife. Right. <laughs> yes. Somebody asked her, what do you want with Ramsey? And the bartender says, she's she's fine, leave her alone. And he introduces himself. His name is Wright. Shakes her hand and she's kind of a little disappointed that he's not her mate. But he says this way and he takes her upstairs to Ramsey's room and he's kind of giving her like a sympathetic smile and he says he knocks on the door and and somebody Ramsey yells out fuck off he looks at her and says good luck and she says what am I supposed to do and Reich tells her talk to your mate and she starts knocking on the door to Ramsey's room to a drum beat for It Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. The door yanks open and she says there, she thinks to herself, there is one very angry, very muscular, very tattooed man with sleep must hair. And there's no whites in his eyes. All his eyes are all the color of coal. And he's like, what do you want? And she responds to him, and I'm going to read this because it's hilarious. She goes, I guess I want a happy life, a stable one, with someone who will buy me ice cream when I'm on my period, and people to take care about my birthday parties, or just me in general. Pizza parties on Friday, and more time off at work would be nice. So he just looks at her and says, lady, I'm drunk, and you look like a soccer mom. This is what I'm saying when Venus fucking hilarious. Yeah. Because <laughs> Ramsey like yells at her, what do you want? And she like hesitates and he's like, it's a simple question. And she's like, well, I haven't been asked that before. What do I want? And then she lists off all this random <laughs> shit. In this, 
in this part, she even talks about how she wants a gift card to the paper shop in town because she likes to make origami <laughs> swans. Like, <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> she is. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. She's so funny. And he's like, uh, what? His mind is blown. <laughs> she's yeah, like, I'm here on time, aren't I? 10 o'clock. Yeah. Didn't we agree at 10 o'clock? Yeah, she's like, I- I'm here for our meeting. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You crazy bitch. Mm-hmm. He looks at her feet and she's freaking out going, are you going to insult my shoes too? I brought these especially for today to meet you. She introduces herself and says, I'm Vina, Fiona, Marge. And he goes, lady, I don't care. It was weird to meet you. Don't get stabbed on your way out. Oh, poor Vina. I, I know. It's finally starting, I think, to catch on with her that Ramsey has no idea what's going on, and he was not the one to apply for the matchmaking service. Yeah, she's like, aren't you Ramsey Hunt? And she stepped through the doorway into his room, which was a wreck. And she's like, were you robbed? <laughs> yeah, his room is so fucked up. <laughs> He's like, no. She's oh like, okay, gosh. he's just a slob then. Yeah, so then he says, like, what do you want from me? And she finally says, like, I think my answer is nothing. And But then she ends up saying, like, I- I'm your mate. Mm. And he's like, have all the women in this world lost their <laughs> goddamn minds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she tries to explain. She goes, I haven't lost my mind. We were set up, I was set up to meet you by Sarah, your match, our matchmaker. And he says, are you trying to get fucked too? Seriously, is this a game? And she's all, get fucked too? That doesn't sound like a game. It sounds horrible. I would only make love. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. So then she finally straight up asks him like, why did you fill out an application for the shifter matchmaker if you aren't interested in it? And then he's like, I didn't fill out anything. Mm-hmm. So she then like, of course, like pulls out her clipboard, opens yeah. her notebook, whatever the fuck she's got. A binder. She has a binder. Yeah. So she reads all of this stuff. Okay. I have to read what it says in the application though. Okay. Okay. He reads out um, what supposedly he filled out. Mm -hmm. So it says, Ramsey Nathaniel Hunt, age 33, crow shifter, no family, alpha of a crow shifter clan, bad boy, good man. Then Venus says, and we can talk about that bad boy answer (laughs) because that isn't for me. I like steady men. So Ramsey just keeps, (laughs) he keeps reading (laughs) a quote from his quote unquote application. Mm -hmm. So he says, is a B minus in the bedroom and likes missionary style only. <laughs> this isn't even my writing and no self-respecting man would admit his shitty fucking skills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. She's like, you cuss a lot. He's like, did you not hear the part where I said, it's not my writing. Then he says like, you look like a nice lady. You're a little vanilla. Thanks, but no thanks. I'm not yeah. interested. Yeah. And she's about to cry and who can blame her. Uh, she tosses uh, the folder of with her application on the bed um, and says, maybe I'm vanilla compared to you with your knives and your whiskey and your friends screwing on the pool tables, but I'm still a person. You know, she goes into this whole thing about, you know, her crappy car and she dumps half her income in to keep it running and her coffee's cheap she just goes on and on it's hilarious i'm not looking for a fling i've been waiting for a crow to apply to this matchmaking service for three years she's all i'm leaving here feeling awful and if i wanted i would have said yes to any other shifter it's so So, sad it is sad but then she's like on her way out and he asks her like what did it say I wanted in the paperwork. And so she says loyalty and someone who wants a family and is protective and a shifter who is a good future parent and my animal. Well, she will be exceptional at that. Oh, I was like, Oh, animal. So then he says, well, what's your animal? And she just (laughs) yells over her shoulder. I'm a moose. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I burst out laughing when I read that. So it makes sense why she's all limbs and gangly. Yeah. But, 
I thought that was so funny. Ugh. And then he thinks in the next chapter, he thinks she was cute for a moose. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. This poor girl. She just ends up stomping away. Yeah. No moose pun intended. Yeah. And, <laughs> and thinks, you know, he never had he ever met a moose shifter. There weren't many of them. All he can think about is Tenley, and it makes his stomach curdle. And he starts looking through the folder she threw on the bed and thinks, I didn't need this woman's baggage, and the hideous pink folder was probably full of it. Poor Vina. Poor she Vina. Likes she likes pink a lot. Yeah, so I think he starts looking through that, right? And then yeah. on there, it says her favorite color was sparkles. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. That made me laugh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, but then, okay. So she had written an essay to the matchmaker as to why she wanted a match and why she wanted a crow. Oh, mm -hmm. her letter to the matchmaker was so sad. It was sad. You want to talk about that? She just says stuff like, um, even if he's flawed, I want a man to bond to my animal and actually choose me. Not just pretend to in the beginning and then leave me when I'm invested. It's always the same. So here I am eating a TV dinner on my couch, watching bad TV by myself and preparing mentally to have tomorrow be just the same as today yeah. and yesterday and the day before. I need something new, something real and healthy. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. So She's she says, I'm keeping my heart open just in case. She's seen the crows on their motorcycles before, and she's keeping her heart open just in case she meets one of them in town. She even moved to this town yeah. from where she grew up because she wants to try something new and try to find a crow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's taking a lot of risks to find somebody. Yeah, she said the end of her letter says if this doesn't work and you tell me you can't find me a crow then i'm quitting this wish thank you for mm. trying i know it's not easy finding matches for my animal dina and that letter was dated two years ago mm. yeah and okay. he, he just crumps up her application and tosses it in the trash can because he thinks he's a hot mess and he wasn't for Vina. He wasn't for anyone. And his crow had already made a choice. He thinks he's a lost cause because his animal chose a mate. And so what is he mm -hmm. supposed to do? It doesn't matter if he wants to find somebody himself. The animal already picked. And so he's stuck with the person that rejected him. Yeah. And then in the next chapter, he starts running downstairs with the folder in hand. And he's gonna kill somebody he thinks to himself fuck right for meddling in my life he's behind the bar um talking to ethan ramsey goes up to him gritting his teeth and says what is your job with this clan and writes like to support you i can explain he's like can you and ethan's all you're making it worse maybe you should talk outside yeah ramsey's a furious mess yeah he is right so they end up going outside well, he ends up getting in a fight with a bunch of people in the bar. And then he ends up challenging three guys to Ugh. a fight because a bunch of guys are piping in and yeah. saying basically like, yeah, you're a fucking mess at this point. And the whole MC is getting ruined because of you. So he challenges three guys in the bar. One of the guys says, fuck this. And he leaves. The other two guys accepted the challenge, and then the, him and those two guys go outside for the fight. Yeah, yeah. So when they go outside to have the fight, Vina was still in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. She gets to witness this entire super brutal, super graphic fight that Ramsey has with these two guys in the parking lot. But then at the end of the fight, he ends up flying away in his crow form. Yeah, after he beats the crap out of these two guys for challenge. They are wanting Ethan to challenge Ramsey for the alpha position. So he tells these guys, you can either come outside, I'm going to beat the living shit out of you, or you can you can leave. And so two of them want to stay. So they and he ends up beating the crap out of them. And then he flies away. When Vina's watching she's like what is happening you know she can't believe what she's seeing the fight she thinks should i call the police 
And I'm like, oh God, girl, that's the last thing you should do. But she does still, while she's looking at Ramsey, she's thinking of how hockey is. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you do? But think about how gorgeous he looks when he's like covered in blood and beating the shit out of people. Yeah. And we find out that she's been raised by a wolf shifter father and a human mother who are still together. And her whole childhood had been safe and quiet. But the man that she wants as a mate is obviously broken, been back together, broken and put back together over and over. Ramsey was a monster. For the looks of it, all crows were, and he was the king of crows. I thought that was a good quote. There's some good descriptions in this book. Reich yells out for Ramsey to stop, and he flies off, and Reich looks over at Vina, and his face is covered in blood, and she doesn't understand why. She can see his eyes, and his eyes are pleading with her for help. Uh, She's trying to see. I don't think... The chapter ends with him flying off, doesn't it? Yeah, now we're in chapter. But, you know, Reich still wants her to hang around Mm. and try to save him. Well, yeah, he's the one that's desperate enough to fill out this application and do all this stuff behind Ramsey's back. So he thinks of Ramsey as like a brother, even though Ramsey's not technically his brother. But he thinks of him as family. And Ethan, we find out, is actually his Reich's blood brother. And I guess mm-hmm. when they were down and out, Ramsey took them in. And that's why they have such a close bond. Yeah, I think they've all been together for like 10 years or, or more or something like that. Yeah, so then in Chapter 5, it starts with it saying, In the history of the entire world, Vina was possibly the worst neighbor ever. And it's like the middle of the night and she realizes she didn't take out her garbage cans and the recycling and she puts on an oversized t-shirt. She's a big hot mess and she's going to take the garbage out, but she knows her neighbor is quote going to poop a brick when she heals. Here's all this going on at three o'clock in the morning and it's going to be another complaint to the landlord. Okay, so my note about this chapter with Vina is that Vina can't sleep because she's a fucking mess of a person. Like, <laughs> who who does this? I would fucking hate her as a neighbor, too. Don't co- get up at three in the morning and drag your, like, cans that don't have wheels on them mm-hmm. to the curb because you forgot to put your trash out. Like, get come on, Vina. Yeah, just do it the next morning or something. Set your phone alarm for 7 a.m. Like, don't do this shit at 3 a.m. I would fucking poop a brick, too. Well, I have had shitty neighbors like this. So if I can have that guy with floodlights outside my master bedroom working on his fucking piece of shit, flipping mobile homes, dragging out a garbage can is nothing. And as yeah. she goes outside, she realizes she's wearing her Care Bear panties that were a gag gift from one of her friends. Um, and she needs to do laundry. And she goes to the mailbox, which is hanging open with a bunch of bills in it. And she's picking up the garbage and she hears a, some kind of noise above her. And she stares up into the branches and she finds a crow. Huge, like the size of an eagle. And I thought, good God, the the, the crows are big enough as they are. They scare the crap out of me. So she describes him as having a white diamond on his chest. The rest was pitch black like the night sky. Its beak was glossy and matched the dark color of its eyes, which were trained on her. Mm. And she instantly just asks it, Ramsey? And nothing. And then she tries again. Again, she's all, Ram, no response. King of crows. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, has he frozen like a crow popsicle? Uh, Then she goes, murdery, cussy, (laughs) fighty, scary hot boy. Nothing. (laughs) No response. Yeah. She's like, okie dokie then. And then she just sits on on the curb and looks up at the stars, pretending like they're watching the sky together. Which I thought was really sweet. And when she gets up and leaves, she says, Good night, Ram. And oh, I know. yeah, and she just walks inside, leaving him to do his crazy crow things. 
so this chapter is a repetition of this night over and over again. So day two, it's 4 a.m. The crow's back. Mm-hmm. She goes outside and talks to him. Day three, the same thing. 4 a.m. She's talking to him again. Mm-hmm. Then, though, on day four, it's 4 a.m. And now we're having this interaction from Ramsey's point of view. And he is sort of aware of his nightly visits to Vina. Mm-hmm. He thinks about how sometimes he comes to consciousness when Vina's saying goodbye. So he's missed the whole conversation she's been having with him. And she he only knows that it's happening at the very end. He's getting pissed off that the crow is doing this. So he ends up locking himself in his bathroom so he can't get out to visit her. That was horrible. Yeah, and she's used to waiting for him every night. She tells him she's going to pull her application. I know you do illegal stuff. And he's just frozen. She's eating bear. She's eating those, what the hell, those crunchy bear cereal while she's Teddy Grahams. She's yeah, Teddy Grahams while she's with him. Yeah, but, you know, she still has compassion for him. This last night was, like, so sad for me. So... Because he locks himself in his bathroom, it switches to her point of view on the same day. And now it says 5 a.m. And it says, like, Ramsey really wasn't coming. And she sat there for an hour. And she's all upset. She even had lawn chairs and some beer. And she Mm -hmm. actually was like, okay, this is our thing now. This is how we're building a relationship. But he didn't show up on this last night. And it's super sad. And she had told him at one point that she's counting these middle-of-the-night meetings as dates. Yeah, but he thinks he's going to go insane. And he doesn't. he's trying to protect her, and he's just going to lock himself in the bathroom. Because he's afraid he's going to grow up like his dad, and his dad used to beat the shit out of his mom all the time. Next chapter is, like, that morning, and Ramsey is awoken by some guy's from the motorcycle club, Ramsey's like in the bathroom. Mm, yeah. <laughs> bathroom is completely destroyed. Yeah. Uh, sh- shower curtain was destroyed. Fixtures were fucked up. There the was even was like, broken. Yeah. Uh, the toilet lid had been ripped off. <laughs> like, yeah. He had thrashed the whole bathroom since he was in there. The guys are like, well, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know, just in general, your crow doesn't like being locked up and caged like this. But then, like, now, if you're, like, going off to visit her, you should have just let yourself do that. He's like, no, I'm fucked up. Like, I don't want to do that. And the guys are basically there to wake him up to tell him that something happened last night. Yeah. And that somebody, two guys from the motorcycle club got in a fight and that the fight escalated and that this guy named Casey ended up killing another member of the club named Grant. And he says he pulled a knife on him and went to town, wouldn't stop, and we had to pull him off. Yeah. And he's like, well, why did nobody wake me up? And the guys were like, well, we looked in your room. The light was off. Mm-hmm. You weren't there, so we thought you weren't home. And he's starting to freak out because he's thinking, oh, you know, here it's starting. He If he's going crazy... Because I guess Casey and Grant were really good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were best friends. Yeah, we learned about someone called Mama Crow. And she had told him what was going to happen to him. And that the entire clan was going to go crazy if he didn't get Tenley back. So they asked, Ramsey asked them, did he show re- any kind of remorse? And Ethan says no. It's really sad because they have to call somebody in to clean it up. And the body's already taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, what are they going to do? Because Grant even had a son. Yeah, the whole thing's a mess, and it just like further shows that him going crazy is now also affecting the other members of the clan because they're doing things that they normally wouldn't do, and they're starting to go crazy themselves. Yeah, and because he's trying to be helpful, I, I cannot believe one of them suggests that they kill Tenley. Yeah, I mean, I could believe that, but it was kind of stupid of him to suggest because, you know, obviously Ramsey still likes her or cares about her. So Ramsey gets really upset when they suggest that. Yeah, and he grabs uh, Reich by the throat and says, 
don't you ever fucking say that to me. If she dies, you're going to die. Do you understand me? Mm -hmm. And Reich's trying to say, your her life is not more important than the entire clan's lives. And even though Ramsey knew that he was right, she was the one life that he was willing to sacrifice everybody and everything for to protect. He's still in love with her. So he, you know, that's not an option for him at all. Yeah, and he's thinking the animal had chosen wrong and it was costing people their lives. And I, you know, I never read a book where an animal picked the wrong mate. Have you? No. Okay. This was, this was really different. I've read about the rejected mates. Mm, okay. But usually when you read those, they're from the point of view of the person who got rejected, not... I mean, I guess here he got rejected too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't really talk about like the mate bond in this book. So he doesn't really describe like him having a mating bond with her. He just says that he picked her as a mate as if like I picked her as my wife and we only marry once in our lifetime because we're crows. Yeah. But he so. does. He realizes at this point he's got to do something about this he's got to fix it and he starts storming out of the room and they're like where are you going and he says out loud he goes to see a moose <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was funny Avina's working her job as a wedding planner or event planner but for this day she's planning a wedding and while she's there ramsey shows up on his bike uh, her interaction with the people that she's helping plan their wedding was super funny. He pulls up to the uh, venue and the bride-to-be just says, is he yours? Yeah. And Venus says, I wish. Yeah. And then she's like, well, of course he isn't mine. Like, look at him. Mm-hmm. And so Ramsey basically goes, I'm here to take you to lunch. He's like, you get a lunch, right? And so the bride-to-be is like, oh, yeah, she gets a lunch and, like, literally <laughs> shoves her out the door. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, if I can't fuck this fine specimen yes. of a man, like, you better go do it for me and tell me how it was. <laughs> yeah, she's like, if you don't get on this guy's bike, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. So the bride-to-be's like, yep, she gets lunch breaks. And then she's like, 3.20 p.m. It's about that time. And then Vina's like, I already ate lunch at noon, which is like normal people time. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's like, but I'm not done giving you a tour of this venue. And the bride-to-be's like, can you give me a nacho cheese fountain? Because she had some ridiculous demands. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Vina's like, no. And so the bride-to-be's like, then I'm not sold. I'll find somewhere else. You have a nice day, you hear? Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, yeah. He says, I'm taking you to Harley to get you fixed up. She's like, I'm not dressing like those girls in your clubhouse. I'm a proper lady. And he just responds, with nice tits. And the bride-to-be literally goes, swoon! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I love it. And she goes, you're going to have to woo me harder than crude compliments and sexy dot, dot, dot motorcycles. Mm -hmm. He goes, I'm not trying to woo you. I want to be friends who fuck. And her next thought is, well, that worked for her. Yeah. <laughs> it says, bye to the, the people planning the wedding. Bye, Laura and Joey. <laughs> oh, my God. So he takes her clothes shopping. Yeah. It's hilarious. Um, she tries on her first outfit. He fucking loves it. And then he's like, basically like try on all these other outfits. And he doesn't leave. He doesn't want to leave the changing room. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm going to see you naked anyways. And she's like, oh my God, are you so f like, how could you be so forward? Yeah. He, it's pretty funny. It's very funny. I love their interaction together at this place. And of course, when she puts these badass motorcycle bitch clothes on she looks super hot well of course because she's got big boobs and long legs like right she she's a hot mess and like a supermodel is a hot mess <laughs> basically yeah. yes oh she ends up kissing him in the dressing room or he maybe he kisses her they end up having a kiss in the dressing room mm -hmm. but she's like 
uh, you know, I thought you said no affection. Like this was fucking only. We're not doing feelings, and you've already broken your rule. Yeah, I'm like yeah, he's trying to say there's all these rules and conditions, but he can't stay away from her. It's pretty funny. Yes, I I like it. Mm -hmm. He's all. I didn't read your rules because she had them on that application. She's like, why <laughs> yeah. not? And he's all because I don't give a shit about your rules. We make our own rules. Mm -hmm. He's all rule. She's all rule number, and he's all new word, or I won't hear it. She goes suggestion number one, and then she just goes through this list of quote unquote suggestions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he ends up buying her basically a whole new wardrobe, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, it was super like, cute. Why does he need to buy her all these clothes if they're just going to be fuck buddies? Like, okay, come on. Like, you want her to look like your old lady, so you're getting her the proper attire. <laughs> right. And she's like, can I get a sprinkle, a sparkly shirt? And he's like, well, you can get one that has the words and sparkle, but not the whole shirt. I, I mean, it's. She's still just looking for pink and sparkly. Yeah, I think he says his favorite color is black. No surprise, because he's a crow. <laughs> she's, yeah. like, she's like, but I like color. And he's like, uh, it's not for me. It's not, a, I'm not about it. Yeah, and when she stares at herself in the mirror, even she thinks, I look, I look good. I look different. And her boobs looked awesome in that new shirt. So he tells her that he's taking her to a club party and she'll be the guest of honor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she says that she's hungry first, right? Do they go to yeah. eat this time? I believe so, yes. Yeah, okay. So she talks about her childhood and her animal having a temper problem when she was a kid. Oh, yeah, they go to eat. And at one point, Ramsey leaves the table and the guys next to them talk to Vina. And they basically say, why are you wasting your time with him? He has a mate. He's a lost cause. Yeah, Which is sad. horrible because this is how she finds out that he had a mate. Yeah. Um, she questions him a little bit about it when he returns to the table. Um, but they actually like let it go pretty quickly because... They have an audience of like people nearby that are kind of waiting for the drama later on. I don't know what it is about. This must be small town dynamics or something. More people fucking come up to them while they're trying to eat. Yeah. And this person questions them about them being shifters, but this person's not a shifter. So something's happened in the like real world while they were busy and now there's like all this breaking news on the television about shifters them being real and they're kind of freaking out like we better go because like all this polit kind of like a kind of political but i guess not really political shit starting to hit the fan yeah it's really scary because humans are just <clears throat> excuse me just now starting to find out about animal shifters mm-hmm yeah, her mom even calls her and is like, are you safe? Oh, when they were eating, I did like this quote. <laughs> I'm going to try to remember this for when I have to give a toast while I'm eating. Mm. So his toast before they, when they're at the table is like, here is a toast to bread. For without bread, there would be no toast. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> It, it, it was really stupid, but it's kind of like he's lightening up. Yeah. Lightning? Not lightening mm -hmm. up. Lighting. What? Lighting up a little bit? Lightening up the situation? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. What the fuck is happening to my brain right now? <laughs> you were in Vegas over the weekend. That's what was is happening to your brain. You're probably still sweating out alcohol. I don't know. Uh, I'm <laughs> definitely still nostril nasal issues from all the smoke in the casinos <gasps> oh i would hate that Ugh. oh let me just tell you because yeah. pot's legal now in nevada it's pot everywhere like really even in the casinos they're smoking pot fucking everywhere like oh you got a contact high it's disgusting i was like oh gross so Ugh. yeah it's bad people vaping everywhere it was really annoying oh my god 
Oh, I, I do want to quote one thing he says to her that I thought was great. He he tells her, you know, you're cute when you're all innocent and shocked and your cheeks get pink. It makes me want to fuck you until you feel dirty. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's hilarious. He's constantly thinking about how he wants to dirty her up because yes. she looks so sweet and innocent. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah, and he's he says you're not like the girls I'm used to. Well, yeah, he's used to those uh crow chasers who mm -hmm. are always wearing those sky high fuck me shoes and all those things. Yeah. Yeah, and it, he tells her, you know, you'll do, you're going to have to accept me the way that I am. Um, he he sounds suspicious. He goes until you hurt me. She says to him, and he's like, "How will I know when that time comes?" And she tells him, "I'll cry. You, I, because I never cry. If you, oh, I know. yeah, if you bring me to tears, you've messed up badly. Yeah, uh, she does." question him a little bit more about his missing mate. She yeah. flat out asks him, is your mate dead? Yeah. He's like, no, she, I chose her, but she didn't choose me back. Uh, she freaks out a little bit, but he still insists on taking her out. And I guess the event that he wants to take her to is the celebration of life yeah. for that guy that was murdered the night before. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. They have some pretty good discussions here on their way. He says, if you can't get it in your head to be with a mated crow, I can't blame you. It ain't like with other shifters. And there will be times when you will feel like second place. And I fucking hate it. But this is all I have until the broken bond ruins me. Mm. He says, I thought I would never get 10 out of my head not even for a second. And then you came along and you gave me that too. And she questions him, gave you what? And he says, hope. Yeah. Oh. And so then she thinks like that maybe this is why I was brought into his life was to give him hope. So all this would be was a friendship and that word hurt so bad. She wanted a mate to only see her. And what had she done? Fallen for a man who could only see another yeah sad but you know she's quickly able to think about you know what did she have to lose at this point they open the door to the the bar and she walks into his his house she could be it says she could be the light for his darkness until he flew away because he would he said the bond would ruin him and he knew about broke she knew about broken mating bonds she knew about ruin. She had been gutted too. And then I put, I quoted, I wanted to quote this. This is the moment everything changes. And I want to hug a man I was starting to like before I have my heart, before I pull my heart off him. Aww. So she's willing, she's even willing to help him if she can, because she's a good person. Yeah. And what does she have to lose? He's hot as fuck. Yeah, I do. He, yeah, he wants to be uh, friends who fuck. And mm -hmm. she's been waiting for three years. And she also kind of thinks like, maybe in the meantime, at least now I'm going to the crow club. I could find a different crow that maybe would want me. So right. it's kind of like, yes. yeah, it's not, it's not ideal, but it's not all mm -hmm. bad. So I put in my notes that this would be the end of part one. If we're doing this in two parts, what do you want to do? That's fine with me. Um, okay. Let's see what we've been talking for an hour. So maybe we should do that. Okay. Um, so you want to, let's see, that's chapter 11. And there are how many chapters in this book? Let me see. There's 19 chapters in the book. Plus we still mm -hmm. have to talk about what we thought about it. So yeah, maybe we should have this be the end of part one. Well, we talked through chapter 10, right? We're stop stopping at chapter 11. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Correct. All right. I, I think we should do that. So, oh, I was going to ask you, are you reading anything? What are you doing as far as reading right now? Um, I'm not really doing much. I mean, like I didn't read anything when I was in Vegas. Oh yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. 
I read this book and I actually read the next book that we're supposed to be covering because I know oh. I'm such a mess lately between mm. not being prepared for this episode and my trip. So I read that book and now I'm just kind of trying to get back into the swing of normal life. Well, I'm reading a whole boatload of books. I was really at an antsy. It's too hot here. I'm having a hard time dealing with the heat. I read the next two books in this series. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also reading the Ruby Dixon uh, concierge or course. <laughs> I can't even say it. I'm like so effing tired right now. I woke up, I don't know how many times last night. Corsair, the one with Helen in it, I'm reading that. Oh, okay. Then, then I also downloaded, I'm reading the book we're supposed to be reading for our next podcast. And then I started a couple of Alpha Shifter books. And I'm like, this is terrible. I don't want to read this. So I'm all over the place. I am impatiently waiting for this new book to come out and i want to say it comes out in two days i fucking love this author so much who is <laughs> her, it um she does uh shifter omegaverse oh mm -hmm. um books so she had a series uh called x clan so the okay. author is lexi foss f-o-s-s -S. okay so she had a series X clan loved that series, loved mm. every book in it. This it's hot as fuck. Oh, <laughs> downloading. It's definitely Omega verse though. So if you're not really into like the nesting and the knot and those things, you might not like it as much, but I really, it's a kind of a cool concept. Cause it's like humans, but also like zombie apocalypse, but then also like shifters. Whoa. So it's kind of cool, like different. So anyways, this is like a spinoff series that she's doing from that series. Mm. But this is called V-Clan and these are vampires. <gasps> I love me some vampires. Those are my favorite shifters. Yeah. And so this is, uh, first book is called Blood Sector. Okay. And it, that one comes, oh, August 12th, not 11th. So I'm like... I've been waiting for that book for so long. I'm like, that's what I want to read this weekend. Oh, on top of reading everything that I have been reading, I've also been plowing through the audiobooks for Lisa Kleypas. The one book that I read was like The Devil in Winter. And this book, or I was listening to, this book was so freaking hot. That's the one I told you. I was like washing my face. And I'm drawing my face and in the towel I'm screaming, <laughs> oh my God, oh my God. And I was in the car one day listening to this book and I'm like, my mouth's hanging open, my hands are white knuckling and he's telling her he's gonna take her to these, you know how they go to all these balls and events and everything. Cause she's like, I don't know that I want to be part of this i'm really shy blah 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 and he goes oh i'm gonna take you to these all these events and i'm gonna take you behind the planter and i'm gonna take you out on the terrace he starts telling her all these things he's gonna do to her and at one point my phone cut out and i'm like start screaming as i'm white knuckling what are you going to do <laughs> what, what is it you're gonna do it was so freaking hot and i'm like i need to calm the hell down <laughs> those books are pretty good i listened to book number one in that wallflower series and That's all well so oh. far but everything's been such a mess that you know i haven't really been listening to audiobooks lately so i gotta well, get I like back to... into my routine for everything yeah when i am embroidering i like to instead of watching tv i just put one of these on and now i'm all i've listen to all four of the wallflower books and I'm listening to the Christmas one, a wallflower Christmas. And okay. it has to do with, it has to do. The one thing I will say that I find very annoying is that the one that's from New York that came over looking for. Yeah. 
Well, her parents are now over here and they're trying to, the narrator is trying to use a New York accent and being from New York, I got to tell you how offensive <laughs> and horrible this New York accent is. Oh, geez. It's okay. terrible. And okay. that's it. All right. Well, I guess next week we will start on chapter 11 and then do the rest of the book and have part two. Okay, can I call you real quick when we hang up? Because I wanted to talk to you about something. Sure. Okay, great. Thank you. All right, bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books Podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. And check the show notes for a link to all of our social media. Thank you.